0: Hello, hello. What is up, all of my beautiful, amazing people? Welcome back to another episode of FML Talk. Today, I have Miss Whitney Miller on the show. I'm so fucking excited for you guys to hear this episode. We talk all things relationships, monogamy, polyamory, cheating, being in love, keeping your sex life going. It's a fucking... It's, we're really going there. So sit back, grab a drink, maybe a shot of tequila for today, and welcome to FML Talk.
1: Oh my God. Wait, how old was the other girl? 19, can you believe Jay? Hey,
0: this is Gabrielle Stone. Good book. Good
1: book. He did what? 48 hours? What
0: a dick. Yeah, but have you seen all the photos on her Instagram? And this is FML Talk.
2: Oh no, she didn't.
0: Normally, I come on here and give you guys a little like appetizer. I don't feel like we even need one for this episode. Um, Whitney Miller is a relationship coach, and I first met her when I went on her podcast a year ago called True Sex and Wild Love. If you have not checked it out and you end up loving this episode, I highly suggest you put it on your to-be-listened-to playlist. I myself have always been the type to find myself in a monogamous relationship. And it was really interesting to hear from someone who I not only like think is a boss woman and think is like so fantastic and super hot, um, that, you know, she's dabbled in different types of relationships. So we get into all of that. I ask her how she coaches her clients to keep your sex life steamy it it was just we covered all the things so without further ado i'm going to bring on miss whitney miller miss whitney miller
1: i am so excited that you're here to do fml talk with us how are you girl Me too, me too. You know, the last time I spoke with you was when you were on my show and now I'm so happy to be on yours.
0: I know, it's like full circle. Um, Your podcast, True Sex and Wild Love, is, I mean, it's been running for a long time. You guys have a massive fan base and you guys get into really a lot of the stuff that people don't feel comfortable talking about which is what I love about it it's so like you know the sex and the you know using vibrators and like all the things like I just really love that you guys don't censor yourselves and you really go there
1: yeah yeah I that's why we wanted to do the show was to have a platform to where we could talk about the things that we thought were really important Um, and I'm the type of person that I want to normalize Everything. I want to normalize sex. I want to normalize using sex toys. I want to just, I want that to be a part of our normal conversation in everyday life because it is. If we're not thinking about having sex, we're thinking about how we're going to get it or we're not having it enough or we want more or we don't want to have sex with that person anymore. Like there's so many topics that um, are under that same umbrella. So yeah, it's been a really fun project. We've, this summer will be uh, two years. So it's been. Yeah, it's been awesome. That's
0: fantastic. And you are a relationship coach. So I am so excited to dig into all of that because a lot of my listeners came from my book and we all know what a shit show of a relationship story that was. Um, So I know that you're going to have a lot of really awesome insight um, for my FMLers. So let's start before we get into how you coach and like all of your knowledge that you have. Let's like start with your personal relationship history and what... What kind of prompted you and the experiences that you went through that you wanted to be able to coach others through things like that?
1: Yeah, it's been, you know, I feel like when I look back at my life, I've lived multiple different lives within my life. So I keep reinventing myself and I'm the type of person that I don't get too attached to things. So it's like, okay, if I really need to reinvent and look at what's going on, I'm down. Let's go. Um, but yeah, my relationship history is, you know, all through growing up and even into college, I was cheating. I cheated all the time and I couldn't, I didn't really understand what was going on or why, because I didn't understand that there was one. I just thought I was broken. Mm -hmm. I would wake up and think, oh, wow, I, I, I don't want to be with this person anymore. But there was nothing wrong with them. And so I'm just going to be alone forever. There's going to be a cycle that I'm stuck in. Mm. Um, same with the cheating. I didn't understand where that was coming from. And that means that you're a terrible person in a hoe if you do right, that. Right, right. You know? So I um, got into a very long-term relationship, eight, eight years with my ex, Aubrey Marcus. And we were fairly open about the ups and downs of navigating an open relationship, mm-hmm. which is um, something I was not familiar with at all. And I was... Also very jealous in all of my past relationships too. So okay. I was just like a perfect combination of like a shit show of a girlfriend, right, right. <laughs> um, and so we decided to try this open relationship. I didn't know if I was going to be able to do it. I didn't. I didn't have an answer, and that's why I wanted to try it out because I knew I really loved him. Mm-hmm. Um, he was interested in doing it, so I said, okay, let me try it. And it was it was a wild ride because it really brought up all of my fears and insecurities and patterns and wounding that I didn't look at prior to that. And now looking back, I feel as though that that was the perfect combination. Like I needed that magnifying glass on all of it to really understand why I was acting the way I was acting in relationships. Yeah.
0: And how did your jealousy fare during an open relationship? (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, that's a thing. It forces you to look at it all. So it's so much jealousy. But what I had to do is understand why am I jealous? Right. Like what is coming up? What is underneath that jealousy? Because you know, for me and for most of us, jealousy stems from fear of some kind. Mm-hmm. So where is that fear coming from? And I really had to get curious and just say like, okay, I know that this is going to happen. I signed up for this. Um, and so I want to see what is really causing this jealousy and as I did that it just taught me so much about myself and how I showed up as a partner in my relationship that now I still experience jealousy and I think it's totally normal for people to experience jealousy we have this mindset that jealousy is toxic and we can't have it and it's like man you're gonna be stuck on a hamster wheel for a very long time if you think you're gonna wake up one day and never feel jealous again yep um so, it just allowed me to look at all of that and understand where it came from. So, now when I do feel jealousy or when I feel jealous, I can um, deal with it in a much different way to where it's, I can use it to be a, a, to help the relationship as opposed to be a detriment to it.
0: Totally. And where did you discover that that jealousy stemmed from?
1: Oh, man, it came from everywhere. But I, a lot of it for me was one competition with women so Mm -hmm. i was super competitive with other women which is something that we grow up with you know it's ingrained in us Um, another one was fear of abandonment for Mm -hmm. sure i had a lot of self-worth issues too so it was just like all of that coming to the surface at one time
0: yeah that must have been a wild experience and so when you say you had an open relationship you guys were together and like main boyfriend girlfriend but you would then bring other people into the relationship or you were allowed to go sleep with other people what was what did that look like
1: yeah so for open relationships obviously they can be you can play them out in however you want however the two people or the multiple people in the relationship want to for us our specific way was you know Aubrey and I were together we were engaged we were primary partners we lived together um so we were each other's primary partner That being said, we could bring other people into the bedroom with us if we desired, and we could also go see other people, go on dates. So it was more of a poly—it went from open to more of a polyamorous situation to where we could have full relationships with other people, all the while remaining to have our um, primary partnership.
0: Okay. And so you guys did that for roughly eight years?
1: We were monogamous for two Um, then he brought up that he wanted to try to do this open relationship and I was like, hell no, um, Mm. I'm out. And so I went traveling and backpacking, uh, by myself for three months and just had this amazing time. And during that time, I met someone who I was attracted to, but I was still very much so in love with Aubrey. Mm -hmm. So it was the first time that I could take what I had read and talked about intellectually into my own personal experience of, of, saying like, okay, I can be attracted, and love one person and that doesn't mean it's going to take that love away right and so right. when I came back I said okay I'll, I'll try it and that was for about six years. Wow okay and so why did that end up ending? You know I think Aubrey and I were just in two different places like I feel like for us we were it's, it was a wild ride through the open relationship. And I think a lot of us, the way that we were doing it, we didn't have a roadmap. We right. didn't really have anyone in our community who knew what was what to do. Even society says, you know, that's still super taboo. And there's something wrong with your relationship if you try that, which I don't even believe today. Um, but I think it just wasn't right for us together. I don't think we were actually meant, me and him, to be together in a relationship of any kind at some point point. and so I feel as though after the eight years it came to a completion and and I don't see it as a failure by any means I see it as like that was a completion and a beautiful time in my life a shit show at times too mm-hmm. but yeah it just I think it was just us two weren't compatible for each other anymore did you guys
0: decide together that you know the relationships over or did someone break up with the other person
1: Aubrey made the move first, so we split last. I guess it was May 2019. Mm-hmm. I feel like everything's all up in the air with COVID, and like it I know. all blends together now. <laughs> we split May 2019, but as people do, you know, we were still very much so seeing each other. We took like a couple of months where we weren't talking, but then we were seeing each other, we were sleeping to, to get together, we were traveling together. So it was like that same, we're not together, but we're like together. And it's very, it's the blurry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we did that for close to a year and right, this is, um, this past May of 2020. Um, he, decided that we were out of alignment with each other and it was one of the first times that i didn't fight it there were a lot i'm the type of person that's like i'm loyal and i want things to really work and i'm like come on what do we have to do to figure out the solution to this right but it was the first time that i said you know what okay like i'm not gonna fight this anymore and then he moved on very quickly and got married two weeks later or maybe oh, wow. sorry, three weeks or four weeks something like that within the a, a week time frame he was engaged so wow. that was like very challenging, but it was also a nail in the coffin that I think I really needed.
0: Right, right. Summer is here and life is not slowing down for us anytime soon. One of the things we have continuously relied on making our lives so much easier is factor meals. No prep, no mess, no God, yeah, that must have been hard. I mean, he was pro- obviously seeing that person, you know, during some span no. of time, or they just yeah. met and got married.
1: They were, she was a part of, she, they were, she was a part of our friend group. And she was dating oh. someone else in our friend group. She split up with it, with him. And then a few days later, they were spending the rest of their lives together. So as you can imagine, wow. it was like a, what the hell is going on?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like an ending for you, but also this like kind of utter shock that happens at right. the same time.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. absolutely.
0: So moving forward, do you are you interested in open relationships or are you more on the monogamous side now that you've experienced that?
1: I mean, I'm open to all of it. Right now, what I want right now for the point that I'm at is a monogamous relationship. But I haven't done that since I was 24 and I'm 31 now. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's like a whole new world and relearning how to be in that type of relationship. And I can say like, thank God I was in that open relationship because it taught me how to be a monogamous partner. Right. It taught me like what I needed to do to be, to show up in that way. Um, Which is interesting because a lot of people think that, oh, open relationships and monogamy don't have anything in common, Mm -hmm. but both people can learn so much from either school of thought. Right. So I'm interested because you said you had cheated
0: a lot when you were younger. Did this experience and being in an open relationship, do you feel like that was what you needed to now be in a monogamous relationship and not cheat? Did that like change how you're wired in some way?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because I understood why I was cheating was to continually seek validation and acceptance from other men. Yeah. And then probably also prevent me from deepening the intimacy with me and my partner. So now that I've flipped all of that on its head and, you know, I had to learn where all of that was coming from and got really serious about it Mm -hmm. um it gave me a lot of those answers so now I understand it so if things do come up I can say oh I understand where this is coming from and this is why and this is what I need to do to move through it um as well as I don't I will never cheat on somebody I know that for a fact um if anything if I ever get to a certain point to where I just can't handle it anymore Mm -hmm. I'll have to have a conversation so I know I will have a conversation but I will never you know Cheat on someone?
0: Yeah, physically cross that line. Right. Absolutely. I think yeah. that's a, I think that's great, and I think it's it's really cool that from this you know new way because it is still you know um, it's it's a it's a known thing in society, but open relationships and polyamory and like all of the new things are still rather new for people to wrap their brains around, and I think it's so cool that this new kind of way of doing things was able to give you you know, a fix as to what you dealt with when you were younger as far as the cheating.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's, it. you wouldn't think that's the case. Right. <laughs> you'd think it'd be like, oh, it's just like an itch you got to scratch. But no, it gave me, it made, I know who I am because of going through that open relationship. And that's what I say, the coolest part about being in that open relationship is I found out more about myself than I've ever known, period. And so yeah. that makes me really excited and happy to, be in new relationships with this whole new mindset and all of these different tools and all of these different things that i can do to really support my next relationship
0: totally have you been in a relationship since aubrey
1: i am currently dating somebody we're still very new we're like i don't know four months or something into it so yeah that's that's where i'm that's where i'm starting to see how I do all of this. Right. Use those techniques and tools and say, oh wow, look at look at me getting jealous over this. Let me see how I deal with this now. So it's been really fun.
0: I love that. I love that so much. Um so you when did you decide to become a relationship coach?
1: I started, I opened my online coaching business about three years ago, like three and a half years ago. And at the time i was working for glory kickboxing as a kickboxing commentator and i just Mm -hmm. loved it it was my favorite job in the world i had so much fun doing that um but simultaneously you know aubrey and i were in this open relationship and we were doing podcasts and we were talking about these things Um, and people were constantly hitting me up. So like DMing me or emailing me asking, what do I do about jealousy? What is an open relationship? How can I do this? If I want to bring it up to my partner, what do I do? I feel this way. How do I handle that? And so I was just, it was, it was, it was part of my everyday life Mm -hmm. almost. And I loved it. Like I love how human beings relate and I love being in very deep, intimate conversations with people in that way specifically. Um, and I was actually interviewing someone at Madison Square Garden in Ring, a world champion, live on ESPN. It was like the best thing that I could be doing for my career at the time. Right. And call it like the universe or a sign or something. But I just heard, you have a story to tell. Why are you telling his story? Uh- and it was like, oh, man, I got to quit my job now. <laughs> uh- <laughs> so I quit my job and I opened up the, the coaching business. And that's what I've been doing ever since. And it's just been, it was the best move that I could have done.
0: That's amazing. I love that. I love that you like were in the the height of the career and the universe was like, um, excuse me, you need to uh, actually make a hard left and go this way.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Like tap, tap. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) It was hard. It it was really hard because I love that job so much. And it was also taking a risk of, I could you know, lose that job and I could be using that to maybe I wanted to go work for the UFC or maybe I wanted to go do this hosting job. But, uh, but uh, you know, there were bigger plans for me, I suppose.
0: Totally. I love that. Um, what's the number one thing that you would recommend to have a healthy relationship? Like off the bat, you have to have this if you're going to move forward with your partner in a healthy way. Or top three if you can't pick one.
1: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah, that's a big question, right? Um, The first thing that comes to mind is the relationship with yourself. Mm -hmm. Like if you're not willing to look at, you know, your past wounds or patterns or your past relationships or the stuff that you're too afraid to look at, then it's going to show up in your relationship and it's going to be a detriment to the relationship. So it's first and foremost like, okay, let me let me really dive in and see what's going on with me internally. How am I? What cycles am I doing? How am I co-creating this situation with my partner, whether that's good or bad? What responsibility can I take? Um, I think that's like the number one thing that that you have to do to have a really healthy relationship is be like ruthlessly honest with yourself, you know?
0: Mhm. Mhm. I totally agree with that. Um, I was having a conversation the other day where I was like, yeah, you know, when i started dating my current boyfriend i showed up to the table and was like look these are my traumas these are my wounds like this is the shit that i deal with and this is what i'm still working on um and like tell me yours because it's so important to to know where your emotions are and the work that you've done and what you need to really be upfront about i think it's so important and
1: the why like why why are certain things showing up in your relationship you know and and the only way you can do that is exactly what you what you did it's just like this is me this is who i am these are the things that i'm working with these are the things that you know still scare me today um and that's what i've been doing in this new relationship too whereas before i was always the person that's like i'll be vulnerable but i'll be like this much vulnerable like just a little baby Uh bit you know i'm gonna keep all the real good stuff behind me and pretend like i'm vulnerable and now i'm just like okay this is who I am. I came from this past relationship. I'm terrified of this. I have these fears. Sometimes I pretend to be vulnerable when I'm really not being vulnerable, you know? And so it's just, it's been really freeing to be that way.
0: Yeah, 100%. Um, And I think that it's important to really start from the beginning in that way you know like the, if you're halfway into the relationship and then you're like oh excuse me hi Um, I would like to tell you about these uh, issues that I have that you haven't been respecting it's like the other person can only do so much when you're not like coming to the table with that
2: right.
1: exactly <laughs> exactly
0: and it's so much more to me than like you know people always say you have to love yourself before you can love someone else and I'm a big self-love advocate like yes I agree with that but at the same time it's, there's a difference between loving yourself and being able to own and recognize your, your shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so yes, you need to love yourself before you can get into a healthy relationship, I think. But you also need to be able to, you're, like you said, be ruthlessly honest with yourself and be like, this is my baggage um, and I'm either going to sort through it or I'm going to ask them to help me carry it.
1: Mm-hmm. It's so true. And it takes a lot of courage to look – at your emotions and anything that keeps showing up in your life. And that's why I was just talking to someone about this recently is for me, when I what I find attractive in a man specifically is them being willing to talk about how they feel and opening mm-hmm. that door up first, because I know that it's hard and I know that it takes courage. So to me, it shows, oh, you're willing to walk in the fire a little bit, you know, with me to go down this path. And I find that so attractive. And I think that's the same for, for everybody is just, can you walk through the crap are you willing to do that and so i think there's like you said there's that idea of we need to love ourselves before we um, get into a relationship or love somebody else but i also think being in a relationship with someone who can support you and can mirror you know certain things Mm -hmm. back to you can help you learn to love yourself a bit more Uh, but it is i think necessary to have that courage to look at the stuff that you don't like about yourself
0: totally i completely believe that there are relationships and people that help you on that journey to self-love 100 percent. i mean i know that tay continuously does that for me um and i for him i i think but i do think that you have to go into it you, or let me rephrase that you can't be looking for that like you can't be going into a relationship being like oh I hope this person can fill this void that's in me right. of not loving myself because that's when you get into trouble
1: I, I agree yeah you can't you can't be saved no one's gonna save you
0: right mm-hmm. you gotta save yourself mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Um. so tell me what you would suggest like if someone's in a long-term relationship and they've been together for a while and they're feeling kind of disconnected how what's a good tool that you give your clients to reconnect with someone in a relationship
1: well i think first and foremost a lot of people want to have one thing that you can do when really the one thing that you can do is put some effort into it um, right <laughs> yeah and we want the easy fix but it, it takes effort it takes that um you know motivation to really bring back whatever is missing in the relationship. Because a lot of the times we just go through our life on our phone, we're with our partner, but we're not really present with our partner. Um, we're just sitting in the room. Even if you're reading a book, you know, like you can be so consumed in your book because that's your comfortable place when it's mm-hmm. instead taking, okay, how can we put – the energy that we're putting so much outside of us and into our phones and into our computers, how do we take that same energy and put it back into the relationship? So a few practices that you can do um, for that. I mean, there's different like quizzes online that you can do together if you really want to spice your relationship up. Like there's this BDSM. Oh, that's fun. Wait, where can you do that? Tell me where. There's one (laughs) online um, that I just came across called the BDSM test. And it gives you different um, percentages of, of what you are, what uh, categories you would be in the bedroom. So it'd be like something percentage, okay. percentage submissive or something percentage um, brat tamer is one of them. Like there's all kinds <laughs> of like funny things that you can go and look at through that. Um, also just, you know, like I said, being present if you're into any like... Tantric practices, sitting together and breathing together, just looking at each other in each other's eyes and saying, "Like I am here. Like I want to be here. I want to know what's going on." Um, I always say have these 100% honesty talks. So I think it's important for couples to connect weekly if you can. In these times mm-hmm. of, "Hey, let me just check in to see how did this week go? How are you feeling? Did anything come up that you know was triggering or challenging? Did anything come up that you really enjoyed?" Um, one other thing that comes to mind too is the times when your partner makes you feel loved and safe and expressing mm-hmm. that to them. Because a lot of the times yeah. we, we love it or we think, oh, that's so nice. Thank you. I love that you came up behind me and gave me a kiss. That made me feel really loved, but we never say it to them. And so when right. you can say that to them and like celebrate the fact that they were there and, and that you felt really loved in that moment allows for, you know, I feel like a little bit more juiciness within the relationship totally
0: i i'm such a big believer in that um the other week tay tay cooks a lot um and i'm usually so freaking busy that um around that time i'm so exhausted and he's he's a better cook than i am anyways (laughs) um but that's like one of my big things like when he cooks and like there's dinner waiting for me, and then he does the dishes. I'm like, I, I am in love with you. <laughs> like, this is my happy place. Like, you- <laughs> And I tell him that all the time um, because it seems like such a, a thing that wouldn't really you know make you feel love it's just a nice gesture but it like legitimately makes my heart flutter for
1: him (laughs) yeah I love that it's so true and we don't tell our partners enough because we probably don't think it's that big of a deal or they just did it to do it um and so I'm a big I'm, I'm all about like mentioning hey that was really sweet when you did that that made me feel really loved or you know whatever it is but yeah, I yeah. love that. I love that he's a great and, cook too. Go you.
0: <laughs> Girl, me me too. I love that too. <laughs> um, and on the flip side of that, being able to – you know in a non-accusatory way be able to tell them the opposite like if there if there's something that happens you know there's things that'll happen and i'll be like oh i'm feeling like a little bummed that you just did that or like that kind of triggered me but being able to say it in a way that's communicative and not attacking yeah uh, i think is like a really really huge thing to be able to have in a relationship that's
1: so huge And that goes back to what I was talking a little bit about earlier was how did I co-create this situation? So where can you take a little bit of the responsibility within these areas? And yeah, they could have done something that was crappy and you don't like it. And I like how you said that made me feel a little bit bummed or that made me feel a little bit triggered. A lot of the times there might be something there that you could get curious with too, like, huh, why did I get triggered there? And so that allows for the conversation to happen as opposed to be like, you son of a bitch you know you did this and this and this and then it's just like an explosion because the other person starts to feel defensive even if they may maybe they didn't even realize what they did and so it's more about as you said having that conversation and and saying like huh did I did I what what responsibility in this can I take and then how can I communicate this in a way that they don't feel defensive but they know that that hurt me and I didn't like that
0: yeah exactly it's huge um what advice would you give to people that are going through a breakup? Because I know you and I are no strangers to that. <laughs> um and I get asked that all the time. So, I'm interested from a relationship coach point of view. Um what your kind of go-to tools are for for getting over someone or moving out, you know, of the love stage.
1: Yeah, breakups suck, right? Man. Dude, so bad. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of us were not strangers to breakups. And from what I learned through this last breakup was one of the biggest things was I just wasn't setting boundaries for myself. And I didn't Mm -hmm. set many boundaries for myself within the relationship because I didn't feel um, that I I was worthy of them. And so when we split, I was once – I was left with focusing completely on myself so what are the things that feel really healthy to me what are the things that is going to create the most healing within me and this this wasn't Mm -hmm. for him by any means you know this was i'm doing this solely for me and also understanding that when you set those boundaries what is for the betterment of the potential friendship that you can have in the future so we don't need to rush it. Like, don't feel like if you're going through a breakup, you need to rush anything. You need to hurry up and talk to them. You need to hurry up and get out of the discomfort. You need to hurry up and get to this place of gratitude for the relationship. But you have to walk through the trenches to get there. And so I would say definitely don't rush it. Set boundaries for yourself that um, feel really, you know, nurturing to whatever process that you're going through uh a practice for me that I loved to do was uh despacho and so I'd write a letter Mm -hmm. and I'd write a letter to Aubrey or you can write it to whoever you know in your life and this can be for even you know other relationships in your life write a letter, put everything on that letter, like anything and everything that you've never said, wanted to say, maybe you haven't even, you know, admitted it to yourself, but put this on there and you're not gonna mail this, you're not gonna give this to them. But it gets rid of some of the noise in your head and it can really start to put things together and unlock some blocks that may be there. And then safely, if you can, burn it and just allow for that kind of be a ceremonial practice to the letting go of that. And you know, social media is such a big thing in our lives today that we're either on the phone or on a computer, whatever it is, and you go and look at their profile. And it's like, Mm -hmm. it's why are you giving yourself that shock of that? If you need to block them, feel free to block them. You get to do what you want to right now. Um, I always like to communicate that to the other person. Me and you know aubrey had a tough time at the beginning but we got to the point of saying hey i need for my own healing to not have any communication with you for at least two months and yeah. i hope that you respect that and even though he may still really want to communicate with me that's one of my boundaries and i would always like mm-hmm. to explicitly state that just so we're both on the same pages he's not reaching out i'm not expecting him to reach out and it allows yeah. for more freedom Okay, there's so much
0: good shit in what you just said that I tell my friends going through breakups daily. Um, First of all, the letter thing is fucking gold. gold. Uh, Everyone should have that in their toolbox. Um, When I went to Asia in 2019, I wrote a letter to my ex-husband, my ex-boyfriend, my other (laughs) ex-boyfriend. I mean, there was. I I wrote three letters and I was like, never going to send it to him, never going to, you know, like it was just solely for me and it was like, I wrote it as if I was talking to that person. Yep. Um, I mean, it's me, so yes, it will probably end up in a book one day, but you know. Um, <laughs> but it it's it really does help get out that, that noise that you said. It's such a good, good tool to have. Um, and the social media stuff, I tell people all the time when they're like, what do I do to start healing? It's like, the amount of people that torture themselves men and women looking at their ex's social media and checking things and you know it's it's maddening and the biggest thing i ever did for myself to heal was to block that person and and not look at their stuff anymore and it 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 almost you you it's it's surprising how quickly they fade because you literally are having no contact, and it's, it's this breath of like, oh, that person doesn't have to exist in that way right now for me.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that was that was huge for me because I, and I had a lot of guilt personally and shame a little bit around that too because. I'm the person that should be able to handle that, right? In my head, I went through an open relationship and de- dealt with all of that stuff. And then now that me and Aubrey are broken up, I can't even have his social media on my phone. Like, what kind of loser are you? That was what was going through in my right. head. But then I realized, wow, this is, I need to get out of the shoulds and coulds and woulds of what I you know, should be doing for this breakup and just do what really feels nurturing for my heart. Like, what feels best for my heart in this moment? Is to not see what he's doing. Is to not listen to his podcast. Is to not whatever. Um, and so I didn't block them, but I muted. I muted them both, and it allowed me to just relax. I wasn't wearing a shock collar every time I picked yeah. up my phone.
0: Yep. Yep. that's oh god, I so identify with that. It's like what I call in Eat Pray F M L the surge, and it's like that tightening of Ugh. your chest. That oh my god, I'm going to the principal's office pit in your stomach, and it's the worst physical feeling. And it manifests in like your life when you continuously feel that, uh, and that's what was happening for me every time I would see a certain post come up. And it's just not fucking worth it. Like just turn it off. Yeah, you know,
1: you don't need to do it to yourself. Don't do it to yourself. Right. Like show yourself that you're like you have the strength to not pick up the phone and look at someone's social media just to make yourself feel worse because most of the time (laughs) you don't want to see it anyway.
0: Totally. Um, What about for people that are you know starting to re-enter the dating world I mean I know it's like a massive joke that everyone's like I don't ever want to re-enter the dating world because it's such a shitstorm storm with tinder and like yeah. all the fucking apps and stuff what do you say is like the healthiest or most advised way to kind of re-enter and put yourself out there after you've you know done some healing
1: um you know obviously there's a lot of different it's hard to say now with COVID too because you right a lot of people right. can't just go meet uh people but i always like to say start to do things that are outside of your comfort zone so if you are in a place like i live in texas we're basically completely open here i can go to the bars we can go to restaurants you can do whatever, basically anything as long as you wear your mask to and from the bathroom mm-hmm. <laughs> so right. if you feel comfortable and you are you know following the guide, guidelines and being safe do things outside of your comfort zone so what are some of the things that you haven't been doing before that you've been interested whether it's taking a you know boxing class or trying a new restaurant or going to a different fitness yoga studio or meeting up with friends that you haven't seen in a while that may have a different group of people that you haven't met before. Mm-hmm. It's just it's exposing you to different people, ideas, places um, to where if you feel like you're kind of getting stuck or you don't want to do the dating app thing, then that could be a little bit safer, you know, an easier way to do it. There's also mm-hmm. so many dating apps. Like, if you don't want to get on Tinder, don't get on Tinder. But there is, you know, Hinge. There's Coffee and a Bagel. There's all of right. Them. There's they're endless, they're endless, <laughs> and you can start to narrow it down and find out. Okay, this this sounds like more my crowd, and Tinder doesn't sound like my crowd, or Tinder sounds like my crowd, but Coffee and a Bagel doesn't sound like my cr- crowd. Yeah. And so just start to start to narrow it down and and branch out. There's a whole world out there, and At the yeah. same time, and- don't rush.
0: Yeah, and be conscious of red flags. Like, if you're going on the apps, be conscious of, like, if you're getting dick pics on the second day or, like, if they're (laughs) trying to sext you right away. Like, probably not the best person to get into a relationship (laughs) with.
1: (laughs) Exactly.
0: Um, On that note, let's talk about some sex before I I let you go. (laughs) Um, So what's your number one thing of how to keep excitement in the bedroom if someone's been, like, in a relationship for, you know a decent amount of time
1: there is another thing online which could be fun is there's these yes no maybe lists um Mm -hmm. and so you can go in and, and say yes I am interested in doing this or no I'm not interested in doing this maybe I would try this and a lot of couples the communication around sex isn't as um, fluid as I would love for it to be because it's still taboo, mm-hmm. it's still hard to talk about. It's vulnerable. What if we get rejected? What if they think my fantasy right. is weird? Um, so, you can start to just do some of these lists to be like, Hey, would you want to try that together? Or, How do you feel about doing this together? Um, mm-hmm. So, that can be one thing. Another thing is, people do not like it when I say this and they think it's unsexy, but sometimes you need to schedule in some sex because if you're not having sex, and you put it on the calendar, you're like, Wednesday, five o'clock, we have two hours together. And it's like, we get to do whatever we want with those two hours. It's awesome, it ends up being being really fun. And it can be one where maybe one partner plans it one week, the next partner plans it the next week. Um, And Mm -hmm. so you can start to just enjoy some of these areas and explore new places without feeling like, okay, we have to completely revamp everything in here. Um, I'm also a big proponent for toys. I love sex toys. I don't think, yeah. you know, I know there's some, sometimes there's a mentality around it that it can take away from the sex or maybe at least from right hear from my male clients, I get a little nervous that the sex toy will replace them. Sex toy is not mm-hmm. going to replace you. All right, just bring it in. It can just be a little bit added fun, extra fun. Um, and so just just try these little things out like that.
0: And I think that's so important to normalize a little bit more because for me, you know, specifically, um, we're about to get a little personal here, but I'm like fucking Pandora's box when it's trying to like make me have an orgasm. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like I can't just hop on a dick and be like, cool, like this is great. Um, I'm just not that way. Same. And um, so I, you know, the people that I'm really comfortable with and the the relationships sexually that I've been in for a long time. Um, know that but there's very few people i've ever been able to get to that place with um in the bedroom because it takes me a while to like be like okay like these are like the two ways that this can happen and like you know for a while it i i felt some uh embarrassment i guess around it because it was just like what's wrong with my body that i can't Like, you know, it's not going to be this, like, sexy porn star sex, like, in order to make me get to where I want to get to. I mean, I can obviously always do that for them, but I was, like, you know, feeling, like, frustrated around it. But the second I got with the right people that were all they gave a shit about was wanting to make me feel good, Mm. it was like, oh, okay, now I can just relax and, like, we can do one of those two things that works for me. Great. (laughs) And one of those things is with a vibrator. and. Tay's always been, like, fucking game. Like, whatever you need, I'll just lay here and fucking, like, you know, do whatever you need me to do. I'm fine. (laughs) Um, So I think it's about having the comfortability in your relationship to be like, look, this is what works for me. This is, you know, if – and if the person cares about you and, like, wants to to please you and make you feel good, then they're going to be fucking all for that. Yeah,
1: I agree. I'm also, like, if – if I'm with somebody who's not interested in my player, they can just get the hell out of my bad room and not call. Right? Yeah. We're not playing that game. OK, that's not how this one works, sweetheart. Um, I love it. But it's, it's yeah. And and I think one way that you can have that conversation too, because I'm the same, same way as you. Like, I can't just hop on a dick and expect to orgasm either. Um, and there's like certain specific things you got to do. And so I think like, as you said, having that conversation, a lot of the times it's built up way more in your head than it is when you actually have that conversation. And they're like, oh yeah, okay, sure. That's totally fine. I just thought you already liked what I was doing, right? Right, right, right. (laughs) (laughs) I love that.
0: It's not always an easy conversation to to have with people, especially when stuff is new. You know, like I know for me, back when I was in the dating world, um, whenever I would have sex with someone for the first couple times, like I wouldn't even dare be like, oh wait, but me. It was just kind of like, it was almost like putting on a performance for my partner. Um, yep. And that was great for them, but like it wasn't doing shit for me. I mean, I was enjoying it. And like the pa- if the passion was there and the excitement was there, it wasn't that it wasn't feeling good or that it wasn't, you know, a, a good experience, but like it wasn't ever going to get me to where I eventually should be going. You know what I mean?
1: Right. And you hear that a lot. I mean, I fall, I fall into that. Even still, sometimes I'll watch my my uh, mindset be that performance mindset. Yeah. As opposed to, like, relaxing and enjoying what's going on because, you know, throughout my entire life, it's how do I please him, mm-hmm. not how does he please me. And so even even as being a relationship coach and going through all of these practices and workshops and certifications and things, I can still watch my own mind try to be like, Mm, what are you doing? You better put on a performance here. It doesn't matter. Your it right. doesn't matter. Right. You know? For sure. Um A good way to have that conversation is to to at least open the door is saying like, hey, babe, what's the best way that I can be the best lover for you? Mm -hmm. What are the things that you really love that we can do? Um, And that'll just kind of open the door to where hopefully you feel more comfortable. Oh, yeah, I love that too. And I really love it when you do X, Y, and Z. And this is something that I would love to try. Yeah. So it's not like, hey, you never do this to me, which means I never come. That's that defensive mechanism coming up again. Yeah.
0: And what about for people who are like, insanely busy have kids running around the house like by the time they even can get into bed um at their scheduled time if they've done that um are just so fucking tired that they're like their libido's not there you know like how do you get the the want and the urge and the sexiness to come back as far as the the initial you know want for it
1: I think you have to, I mean, it takes effort. Again, people want sex to just be spontaneous and hot all of the time. But, at, but as you said, we have lives and we get really tired, especially if we have a family and running businesses. And so I think you have to put in the effort to make it a priority in your life, look, it's gonna help you sleep better. You're gonna be less stressed. You know, there's so many benefits that come from sex and um, having orgasms than anything else. It's amazing. So put, like I said earlier, put it on the calendar if you have to put it on the calendar. If the kids are with a babysitter for an hour, allow yourself to have that hour. If you're not partnered, masturbate in the shower. Like you're already in there, give yourself that pleasure. Show yourself that you really deserve that. Um, it's only going to be for the betterment of yourself and the betterment of the relationship. It's not going to make it worse. Orgasms don't make your relationship better, like suck, right? Right, right.
0: <laughs> it's only going to benefit it. It's like, put it put it in your self-love cocktail, ladies. Like yeah. I get to have one orgasm a day. Like just put it in. <laughs>
1: exactly. And like I there's so many health benefits. So if you need a reason other than you know, it's going to make my relationship better. It's, okay, I'm going to sleep better. It's going to release all of these feel-good chemicals. I'm going to be less stressed. I'm going to, you know, you just feel, I think everything is better when you have an orgasm. So treat yourself.
0: I love it. Treat yourself. Miss um, Whitney, thank you so much for showing up here today and diving in with me. Um, where
1: can everybody find you online? You can find me on Instagram, which is in Love. So it's W-H-I-T-N-L-O-V-E. And I'm usually... Pretty active on there it's the same on twitter um if you're interested in doing any coaching you can just dm me or go to wittenlove.com i have a a 15 steps to breaking up better ebook on there a free ebook with a lot of different uh practices that i use personally oh i love that if you're going through a breakup feel free to go through that thing it's it's a really cool um kind of just like practice that you can do for yourself as you're healing. So, yeah, check me out on Instagram if you guys are interested in. um, I do a mentorship program as well for couples and singles, a relationship mentorship where I bring in different coaches. And it's four months, and it's a real big deep dive. But uh, it's, it's been awesome to be able to be that that intimate into people's relationships and lives for an extended period of time
0: i love that girl keep doing your fucking great work you are such a kick-ass woman and i so am so happy that you were able to come on and chat with us today
1: me too thank you so much for having me you're so welcome i want to thank whitney for
0: coming on and really going there in all of these different topics with me um i so adore her and think she's just wonderful, so please go check out her social media. She has some really awesome relationship coaching packages, and she's just a really wonderful human to follow. And now it's about that time. We're going to get into your FML stories.
2: Hey, Gabrielle. This is Tracy from Massachusetts, and this is my Fuck My Life story. Um, to sum it up, I was with my ex-husband for 14 years um and tried going through counseling, marriage wasn't going good. Through investigation, caught him cheating for 2 years, and I immediately divorced him. After that, quickly after that, I'm talking like a week after, I leaned on a good friend and to sum it up, fell madly deeply in love with each other. We're together for the last 3 years, and the last year of our relationship, we moved in together. And it literally was the most amazing relationship I could have ever dreamt of. A relationship that I pray to God for every single day of my life. And then one day he asked me to spend my life with him. It was the happiest day of my life. And then two weeks later, he changed his mind. Something in his gut was telling him it was the wrong decision. So when our lease was up on December 31st, he decided to pack up and move back to Tennessee. And now I'm dealing with this loss because I felt it was so amazing and perfect that I feel like I'm literally grieving and I don't know how to deal with it. I just don't know how to deal with it. But every day I try to work out. I try to think of the positive things in life and I don't know. I'm just really struggling. Oh girl,
0: my heart is like reaching out for you right now. Um, Obviously I've so been there and It's a different kind of heartbreak when you're in it and you're immersed in it and you're so solid on like, this is what I've been looking for, and then nothing happens. They just wake up and feelings have suddenly changed. So I first wanna say, you're not alone. (laughs) Obviously, I've gone through it, but you would be shocked at how many DMs I get from people saying that they've experienced the exact same situation. So you're not alone, it does happen. I can tell you from my own personal experience that I think it was a mixture of a few things with Javier. Um, I think partly, yes, there was a lot of grief that came up that he hadn't addressed around his brother. But I also definitely think and have confirmed through conversations, which you'll read about in book two, that he is a man and he just fucking panicked. Obviously, that's a very different situation than someone that has been in a long-term committed relationship like you were describing. Um, So that's even more shocking to me that someone was in a relationship for years and then, you know, asked you to spend your lives together and then just woke up and had it all gone. Um, But I can tell you that there is another side to the grief because that's what it is. Let's let's call it what it is. It is grief when you go through a heartbreak and a relationship ending. It's you're grieving someone who is still alive. And sometimes that's even harder to wrap your head around as a human than grieving someone who is no longer here because they've chosen that they don't want to be with you or be a part of your life anymore. So I'm so standing with you in in that Hurt girl. I just, I know how shitty it is, but I can promise you that when you go inward and you start really learning to love yourself, doing your self love cocktail every day, and really choosing you and saying, What is it that I want? And what do I need? And what do I deserve? That down the line, you will look back, not only healed and feeling better, and your heart will heal. I promise you. Um, You'll look back and be like, oh, I see some of the red flags. I see some of the, the things that he did that weren't really okay, that I don't really want to settle for, that I don't deserve. Um, but it's not until we get past a certain part of our grief and our heartbreak and, and get into our healing that we're able to look back and actually see that. So I am sending you so much love, girl you are on the right path submitting your story and speaking it out for the world to hear is the first bold step so go inward start making yourself love cocktails every day and um i am cheering you on from afar my friend next week you guys it is going to be a spicy and intense and drama filled episode you probably know her on TikTok as Perfectly Kelsey, but Kelsey Pummel is going to be on FML Talk. And if you think you have heard some gnarly baby daddy relationship drama, you have no fucking idea. My jaw was dropped open for most of this episode when we recorded it. Um, it's, it's freaking wild y'all and i cannot wait for you guys to hear it as always make sure you are subscribed so you never miss an episode keep up with us on instagram at fml talk podcast for all the behind the scenes goodies as well as some giveaway opportunities the new three merch items are officially up and available. They will sell out quickly. We got limited supply in each of them, so make sure you go to eatpreyfml.com and snatch those up before they are gone. They are so cute. I am freaking obsessed with the cropped hoodie and the tie-dye sweatshirt and the t-shirt. Like it, You guys voted on them and we delivered. They're fucking awesome, and I cannot wait to see you guys rocking them. Until next Wednesday, guys, I hope you have an awesome fucking week ahead and have a self-love cocktail on me. Cheers.
1: Welcome to As a Woman, fertility hormones and beyond. I'm your host, Dr. Natalie Crawford, and I am a fertility physician and co-founder of Fora Fertility in Austin, Texas. We will talk about a wide range of topics, including the menstrual cycle, your hormones, infertility, IVF, mental health, and, well, beyond. So join us and become part of the community of collaboration that amplifies others as a woman. This podcast has been brought to you by Podcast Nation.